Jeff Range was just 26 when he departed Richmond for the enemy called Collingwood after the 1982 season. He also happened to be the best centre man in the game at the time. There are those who swear Richmond's subsequent fall from power started with its public disrespect for Reigns. Welcome, Geoffrey. Thank you, Michael. Explain this to me. Your last game for the Tigers is the 1982 Grand Final. The next time we see you in action, you're wearing black and white colours for Collingwood. What happened? What happened? Well, it was probably a, a, a number of reasons. We had a pretty poor finish to the year where we thought we were pretty strong favourites to win that flag. Um, my form wasn't as great during the year um, with some interruptions of positional play and um, no, no disrespect to Morris. Now we're getting more. Now we're getting more, <laughs> Michael. So my understanding from the outside is that you were clearly the preeminent centre man in the game. Richmond, for reasons known only to Graham Richmond and those close to him, went and secured Morris Rioli and plonked him in the centre at Richmond. Well, who wouldn't go after Morris Rioli? He's a great player, superstar. Um, I found it a little bit bizarre myself. At the time, I was probably, as you indicated, one of the leading centremen in Australia. And in those days, you really positioned into you know, that, that position that I was a centreman. I you know, predominantly played there. These days, there's a multitude of people running through the midfield. So I thought it probably was a little bit bizarre. And even more bizarre was when Francis was, you know, obviously Francis Burke. Francis Burke was our coach, and he, he experimented playing me half forward, wing, centre. I had a pretty disruptive year, to be honest. And um, then when I found out during that year that Morris was exceedingly more well paid than me, Michael, um, I took some umbrage. And, and I, I suppose I can put it this way in a workplace where I'd won three best and fairest and a runner up in about five years, um, won a premiership. Thought I'd done the hard miles and to find out that they bring someone from interstate and, and Graham Richmond at the time indicated that we have to pay more for people that are coming from interstate mm. um, and also taking your position to a certain extent I thought was a bit was a bit rough so you know I just went to the club and said look you're entitled to play me wherever you feel free um, but I deserve equal pay. And what was the disparity between you and Morris do you know? Well, Ian Wilson says it was minor, but I, I believe it was quite major. I was, I'm th well, you know, probably double, double what I was getting. You thought that your understanding from the information you got was that Rioli was being paid twice double. what you were getting. Yep. Wow. So you know. So I'm, you've had the, and I think uh, there's a bit of ego involved in this, is there not? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's your position in the centre. My position in the centre, and I, 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 all, all I went to the club at the end of the year basically indicated that I want equal pay, mm. and they basically indicated we can't do that. Do you remember how much it was? No. You do so. <laughs> <laughs> how much do you think he was getting? Oh, look, I think he was probably getting 70, 70 to 80,000. Okay, and you were getting half that. Now, at the end of 82, I, I, I agree with you about this. I couldn't understand the Richmond logic at the time. But Morris won the Norm Smith medal and also won the best and fairest in 1982, correct? Uh, yes, he did. Does that vindicate their judgment to some extent? Um, as I said, he's a superstar player um, and I didn't have a problem with Morris. Morris was a great guy too. Mm. Um, vindicated maybe, but once again, as I said, I had a reasonably upset year um, playing probably out of position um, and I didn't get the best out of myself and the club didn't get the best out of me by probably doing that. Uh, but no doubt, uh, Morris is a superstar player. It's just the decision to recruit another gun centreman. Well, I'm not saying it was a gun, but a, a leading centreman in the competition yep. to replace me. Now, I've got to be devil's advocate here. Did you sook it in 82? <laughs> sook it. Um, look, I suppose if you put 
old heads on young shoulders and, uh, you know, you're a bit rash when you're in your mid-twenties, Michael. Um, cooler heads probably could have been prevailed and we, we didn't need to get down that path. But I had some other problems also. I, I found Berkey as the coach a bizarre twist when we had a leading coach like Tony Jewell coach us to a successful 1980 premiership. We had a little bit of a downturn in 81 and the next minute he's replaced. And I, I took offence to that also. Did you? Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, because TJ was the premiership coach and, in fact, is the most recent premiership coach. Correct. In and the other, he's, you're very close to Tony, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, very close to Tony. And uh, I reckon Tony got the best out of our squad um, in 80. And 81, for one reason or another, I don't know whether it was injury or being the hunted from the year before, um, we didn't have a great year. But the bizarre twist at the end of that year to get rid of Tony, put mm. Francis in. And, look, I have the utmost respect for Francis as a player, but I would have thought that Francis would go and do a, an apprenticeship um, and learn the trade. But they threw him straight in. And, to be blunt, I wasn't the only player at the time thinking Francis was really struggling in that role. Mm. He was a revered figure, Francis, oh, wasn't he? Totally. And particularly with the power broker, Graham Richmond. Absolutely. A lot of us sort of always thought that poor old TJ was warming the seat for whenever Francis was ready to go. I think he felt that, but, you know, I mean, I think that Francis probably should have, in hindsight, mm. gone and done some sort of an apprenticeship. And, uh, look, that had an effect. It wasn't only me. There was a number of players that were not happy with the way things were progressing in 82. Well, well tell me how, how many players left at the end of 82. It was Brian Wood. Yeah. Uh, David Cloak, myself... Um, and Brian Taylor. And so I, three of them premiership players, and Taylor, a very competent full forward, but he was unlucky that Roche was in... Yeah, three yeah. premiership players that had played probably over four or 500 games yep. between them. Now, you, how did the Collingwood advance come to your notice? Did they come to you, or, or did you have someone seek them out? Um, look, in those days, didn't really have managers, but it was a guy called Obran Pirac. Yep. And Obran was... He still is a good mate of mine, and Obran was sourcing underneath, you know, knew I was unhappy during that year for the reasons I explained. Mm. And he said that there's a strong interest from Collingwood. Mm. And, uh, you know, I said, well, I think you should explore that interest. And then did Richmond then sort of say to you, they said, in the first instance, we're not going to pay you the difference between your money and Rolly's. In the second instance, we want you to stay and we will pay you the money. Is that how it transpired? No, no, they said we, we, we'll not pay that, that money, the difference, because he, he's from interstate, we've got to pay interstate <laughs> yeah, players yeah. more. Yeah. But they indicated that um, they believed I had a contract, which I believed I didn't, and uh, they weren't offering me anything more. OK. So Collingwood come to you. That was Randall McDonald's administration, yeah. correct? Yeah, Len Thompson. Yeah. A big pay increase? Yes, Michael, it was. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? No, I don't remember what it was. But, no, it was significantly more than what I was going to get at Richmond. Yep. So um, in these days, it, it was a bit... You know, in those days, it probably looked at as business. But yep. I had a young family I had to look after. And... Uh, the offer was too good to refuse. And plus, as I indicated, I had all these other issues going yep, on at Richmond. Yep. So I thought a fresh start would do me the world of good. So Richmond refused to clear you initially, didn't they? Yes, they refused to clear me. They indicated that I had some sort of contract. We refuted that and I was going to go down the restriction of trade. So I didn't get any clearance till about round four or mm -hmm. five and Richmond had lost the first four or five games in a row yeah. in that year. I finished 13th that year. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how quickly that powerhouse team was dismantled. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tragic, really, when you look back. But, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens in footy clubs. Mm. 1980, you... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. You won the Richmond Western first, right? In yeah. the premiership year. 
You were seen to be the favourite, however we get favourites for Brownlow medals. <laughs> How many votes did you get? Uh, zero, Michael. Zero. zero. <laughs> you had 12 games that year where you uh, racked up 25 or more possessions. Yeah, I, obviously they didn't like me. Were you a talker? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd give a little bit out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd give a fair bit out. So, you know, I don't know. They must have disliked me or whatever. I know that there was a game I played at the MCG and Gubby Allen, I've run into him years later, he said that it's probably the best game he's seen a guy play on him in the centre. I think I kicked three or four goals and had 30-odd touches and I didn't get a vote. But, you know, that's up to the umpires. They, they see it differently than maybe some of their some of our peers. You've become very philosophical, Rangie. I reckon on the night of the Brownlow count, you would have been filthy. Uh, well, we're going into the 1980 grand final. That was that, yep. that eve. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty embarrassed because the cameras kept coming at me. No one votes, no two. There's got to be all three. And then I went, and then I went hiding after yeah. no three. So uh, I went home pretty disappointed. Um, not about not not winning a Brownlow, but I thought it was reasonably embarrassing. It may have been even a bit pointed um, from the umpires, not sure. But we believed grand final day I might have got a vote mm. by the well, officiating I think, umpires. I think you did have 30-plus possessions that day. Yeah, late 30 possessions, I believe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I might have got a vote, Michael. But clearly KB was best on grand. Yeah, Michael Roach kicked 112 goals that year. And I know Roach has said to whoever asks that uh, he reckons 90% of those came from kicks from you. Yeah, look, we had a pretty good understanding. We had some good forwards down there. Cloakey, Jess, Jimmy, Jess and Michael. But uh, look, those days, you know, I obviously had the ability to come out of the centre and kick long and Roachie had the ability to take some fantastic grabs. And uh, he never missed Michael. He was a great shoot, you know, shot for goal. Mm. My view is you should be a Richmond legend. But I think the broader view is that given the fact that you played at Richmond, Collingwood... Essendon and the Brisbane Bears, some people see you as a mercenary. Are you, are you aware of that? Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah I've heard of that. Um, the what only, would you say to them? The only thing I'd say to them is that uh, I, I probably a little bit before my time, um, that I treated it, even though I love the Richmond Football Club, it was business. You know, it's a brutal, brutal game mm. and it's a brutal industry and you never know when your last game's not f too far from around the corner. So I treated it business-wise and I expected to be treated the same way, um, you know, obviously from, from a footy club. And uh, if that's mercenary, well, I'll, I'll have to take that. But I treat it as business. And today they wouldn't blink, Michael. Do you wish you'd stay there, Jeff? Do you, all things taken into account, do you wish you'd been able to work through the issues in 82 and stayed with the Tigers? I probably have indicated, yes, that would have been my preference. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, obviously, as I said, mid-20s, Probably a bit brash, uh, <laughs> probably a little bit brash, yeah. Michael. You've indicated that fair. in the past. Um, you know, the old head on young shoulders. And, and look, also they had a responsibility too, and I don't think they had, they approached it in the right manner. So it was like a Mexican standoff. And Graham can be was a very hard man to mm, deal with. He was. And probably in my brash young years, I might have been a little bit difficult to deal with. So look, it would have been good in hindsight, but you'll probably allude to you know come to this that you know I end up in Brisbane. I had a wonderful. Wonderful life up there. I know. You, there was a strong affection from yep. you for the Brisbane Bears, isn't there? Yeah. Because you were in their original team in 1987? 1987, yeah. yes. Now, before we get there, yeah. the Collingwood situation. Right. Started well, big pay increase, 
Ended badly, didn't it? Well, it started not too well because I had the overlap of this terrible groin injury that I took to Collingwood and everyone was saying, here we go again, that they've recruited these highly paid players that are injured. Like, I think Teasdale was one, yep. myself, there's a couple of others. Um, and I suppose that year was, you know, I missed half the year through the groin and then I did an ankle, then I did a, a quad. So one led to the other. Um, so I came out in the next two years and I wanted to repay the, the Collingwood faithful and I thought I did that in the next two years and um, my contract came up for renewal and Richmond were, were hard at me again to come, come home. And uh, look, I went and met with Richmond but I indicated to them that Collingwood's done the right thing by me. I owe them and I'm going to you know, stick with them and uh, I'm signing a new contract. So I signed a new contract with uh, Collingwood and within two weeks they basically ring me up or told the group and then approached me that I had to... And I'd just signed a new contract, 20% less. Um, and, Michael, one thing I am is a man of principle and I thought that was... And I know Eddie Maguire has, has referred to this. We got dudded. There was myself and Michael Richardson. And it would never happen today. So you, you, you refused to take the 20% pay cut? Refused. Yep. And you decided to go to Essendon? Well, I didn't know where I was going at the time. You were just out of Collingwood. Out of, out of Collingwood. Yep disillusioned with the game a little bit mm. and she, you know, my old sparring partner at Richmond, um, mm. who was our skills coach when I, in 80 and I played a number of games with Sheeds in the 70s, approached me and would you like to come over because Timmy Watson had fallen over with a, with a bad knee. Yep. And I considered it and I thought, well, yeah, I'll give it a go. And I lived in the eastern suburbs and it was in the northern suburbs and it's the worst thing I ever did, Michael. I... I just didn't enjoy the time there. I didn't didn't play. My heart wasn't in it. And I look back at some clips and look at the way I was playing. I just didn't have my heart in it. So, so Bashidi and you had that bond from Richmond. Mm. I think one of the problems you had going to Essendon was that the blokes who made way were Peter Bradbury and Stephen Carey. Correct. That was also another issue. Yeah. They, were they were stalwarts. Popular. They, they were stalwarts yeah. of the club. Yeah. They were very popular. And I think some of the Essendon players took offence. There's no doubt we weren't treated very nicely, Michael and I. You we weren't? Not really, no. Well, they were a bit standoffish to us and uh, there's a bit of an attitude issue there. Not all the players, there's mm. a few. And, um, you know, look, just the whole scenario just didn't fit for me. So I was actually going to walk away from the game after that year in 86. Yep. But um, I didn't have a chance with Essendon anyway, so they terminated my contract basically so after... Only 14 games. Yeah, terminated... Yeah. Well, basically weren't going to renew my contract mm. and that's fine because I wasn't going to stay. So it was mutual. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a knock on the door from Sean O'Sullivan, Peter Knights, would you like to head north? Mm. And I said, get me out of here because <laughs> <laughs> three clubs in about four years, Michael, it was yeah. doing my head in. Do, do, do you think that, that tag, that pretty boy tag that I think was endowed on you by Lou Richards. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that affected you when you say you went to a place like Essendon? Do you think you took that... Um... People, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the pretty boy tag. People have their attitude of and, and, you know, their opinions of other players. And, you know, I've, I had some mates in footy. I've obviously, I obviously had some people that didn't like me in football. And that attitude, you know, whether it's pretty boy, whether he's arrogant, whether he talks too much on the field, whatever. But, you know, I had to do what I had to do in, that, in the business. And, you know, I thought I did it reasonably successfully. So who, who initiated the end of the time at Essendon? Was it Sheedy or was it you? Sheeds says it wasn't him, um, but I, he said it was the administration, basically said that they were not going to renew my contract, uh, give, offer me a new contract. Even if they'd offered me a new contract, I wasn't staying. I was finishing. No. And I was going to actually concentrate on property. 
Yep. Um, I just established myself with a company in, in, in property. Um, and then all of a sudden there was this opportunity to go to Brisbane and seriously, that was the best 20 or 25 years of my life. Brought up the young family, yep. great climate, you know, a pioneered Brisbane Bears. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't lose, uh, sorry, we didn't win a wooden spoon in the time I was there, the three years, and everyone touted us as wooden spooners. And uh, mm. I thought we did a pretty good job with who we were allowed to, to accumulate as far as players concerned. Yeah. Geoffrey, your departure from Richmond to Collingwood sparked open warfare between the two clubs. I think four players went from Collingwood to Richmond in exchange for you, correct? I think, yeah, approximately three that, or yeah, four. three or four. And a couple of hundred thousand bucks. So I believe, Michael. So you believe. <laughs> and then they just, they ripped each other apart, didn't they? Yeah, well, they did. Uh, Graham had a, a, a hatred for the uh, black and white. Yeah, well, there were reprisals week after week, weren't was, there? Yeah, Every was... time one club did something, yep. the other responded. Yeah, no, he took... He took um, Umbridge to it, he, and uh, it was a personal attack, and yeah, he was going to try and settle the score his way. This is a hard one. <laughs> Richmond have had a terrible run for 30 odd years. Mm. You pleased or not? No, no, not pleased at all. I mean, you know, I've still got a soft spot for um, Richmond as well as Brisbane, or, yeah. and, and now the Gold Coast. Well, who would you, if, if, if Brisbane played Richmond, who would you break for? Um, oh, I'd go, obviously, Richmond if it's obviously in Melbourne. Richmond. It, Richmond in Melbourne and Brisbane in Brisbane. Are you sure about that? <laughs> uh, look, I, I, look, I don't take a keen interest in it anymore, to be honest. Don't you? No. Well, since your son Andrew played, oddly enough, played at both Richmond and Brisbane. Yeah. Were you unhappy with the way he, the circumstances in which he left Richmond? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was reasonably unhappy. I didn't think they handled that at all well. From, um, from what perspective? Uh, well, I think they showed Andrew the door and, you know, two years before that he'd won a runner-up in a rising star, um, or maybe two or three years, and he'd won a Jack Titus medal, which is runner-up runner up the best the, and yep, fairest. Yep. He had a terrible knee injury and it took him a long time to get over that. So there were some issues there with his form, but I think he'd ask anyone at the time, I think he was in their best 22. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, there was something going on behind the scenes. Maybe I might have upset too many well, people just, again, so, Michael. There are some cynics, Geoffrey, who would sort of say, well, if Andrew Ranges out of the <laughs> footy club, Geoffrey Ranges out of it too. Oh, you get rid of me and then you get rid of Andrew. Yeah. Uh, sorry, get rid of Andrew and yeah. you get rid of me. So maybe that may have happened, but uh, you can only ask them that. But I, I certainly got you know, the vibe that Andrew wasn't wanted and I thought it was a little bit strange. Mm. A little bit strange. You, are, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned before about being brash. How would you describe your manner? I wouldn't say brash. Did, you, say, say, did you not say brash? I might have been brash, yeah. young, young man, yeah. but I suppose more strong-willed, dis mm. uh, you know, a um, man of principle. Mm. Um, probably tells the truth, and some people don't like the truth. Um, <laughs> probably lacks a little diplomacy, but <laughs> other than that, Michael, I try to be a loving person and a good father. Yeah, well, you are 60 now. Yeah, I am 60 yeah. now. So, TJ, Tony Joe reckons I'm uh, settling down a little bit and then lost that little <laughs> fire edge. in the belly, <laughs> the edge. No, you've aged very well, mate. <laughs> you have, yeah. So, re regrets about the footy. Are there... Are there um, I mean, obviously, the time of Essendon is a regret. Regrets, yeah, that, that's a regret. Yeah. Um, regret was probably some injuries I sustained yeah. at the back end of, of uh, Richmond and early yep. Collingwood days, where I was in my prime. And that cut probably a year and a half of my prime. Um, regrets, would have loved to have played in more grand final, winning grand finals. And you know, I only achieved the one, which is still pretty special. But that 
combination of players we had, everyone touted us as going on and winning a, a multitude of premierships. So mm. that's a real regret. And as I said to you, probably cooler heads prevailed. We probably could have kept that team together. One thing I want to ask you about, it's an individual thing, but I think it's relevant. You mentioned the three best and fairest in very good Richmond teams and runner-up in another one, all in the space of five years. Yep. When the Hall of Fame players are announced each year, you get a bit frustrated that <laughs> the name G Range isn't among them? Um, no, I don't get frustrated. Um, angry? No, 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 not angry. No, no, look, they've got their job to do and if they, they don't think that I'm worthy of that, that position or selection, that, that's up to them. And I don't even know who the selectors are. You were a selector once upon I a time, voted Michael. You. you voted for me. I voted for you every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, more importantly, I actually saw that you were commissioned to do something at the Richmond Football Club and pick their best 50 players, mm -hmm. and top 50 in 50 years. And, the, and if you look back at Richmond's history the last 50 years, you know, they, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, they played in premierships. Great players. And, Michael, thank you for voting me number five out of 50 in 50 <laughs> years. So that, that does mean something pretty special to me, Thanks, Rainsy. Well, let's do the... the uh, Kevin Butler was one. Yeah, you put Kevin... Royce Hart. Royce, Francis Burke and Dale, Dale Waitman. Waitman. And then G Rains. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Thank you, Michael. No, I'm happy with that five. One other issue, complicated as it might be, my understanding is that you had a pivotal role in a major sponsorship for the Richmond Footy Club. Correct? You could say that. Michael, yes. Um, do, do you think that they treated you with the due respect after having landed however many millions it was to build that facility called... Um, what is it called? The ME Centre? The ME Centre. Well, yeah. yeah, look, I was involved with getting them a, a sponsor and mm. also helped them raise a fair bit of capital for the ME Centre. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I had some connections in okay. government. OK. What did you think, Geoffrey? This multi-million dollar facility's up mm. and they decide to put a name on it. You've helped finance <laughs> this and, ironically, it ends up being called the Morris Rioli Centre. <laughs> there you go, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Yeah. Um, look, they had to align it with an Indigenous... Um, you know, because it's an Indigenous academy there. That helped, obviously, getting their funding. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Mor Mor as I said, Morris... Were you and Morris mates? In... Well, no, not mates, but a ripper. He was a very nice person. He was. A lovely guy and a great player. I had nothing against Morris. As I said, all along, it was about principle and I didn't think Richmond did the right thing by me back mm -hmm. there in 82. So I have no problem with his name being on the centre. When, let's go back to the Rioli deal. When Did you first learn about that via the papers as happened a lot in those days, or did someone from the club say... Oh, there was a couple of people within the club that, that leaked, you, that leaked we, it. Yeah, yeah, that we're going after Morris or we've got Morris. Oh, no, about Morris? No, I just heard that that's what they were doing at the end of end of the year. I did think it was a little bit bizarre at the time. Um, but as far as the monetary situation, that was leaked by a couple of people pretty well connected in the club. Mm, mm. So that, that really got my back up. Recently, there were two club reunions the Richmond's 1967 Premiership team, and you were invited to join them, and the Brisbane Bears team of 1987. I see where you're going here, Mike. You, you, cho <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what you chose Brisbane, yeah. but is that for practical reasons? Oh, that's, or that's for practical... I'm going up for the winter months anyway, um, and they, they'd asked me quite a, a, a fair period of time ago. Um, Richmond I only found out recently and it is a 67 mm. reunion but I would have still gone because my mate TJ would have been there. Yep. Um, but unfortunately this was organised before that so there's no there's no 
sort of sinister elements there, Michael Mee putting Brisbane over Richmond? Simple question. Have you forgiven Richmond? Have I forgiven? Oh, yeah, look, of course. I mean... Of course? Well, it's not a... It's not about forgiveness. It's a journey that mm. may maybe shouldn't have happened, but it did. Mm. And I don't have any regrets because, as I said, I ended up on the beautiful Gold Coast. I still have a lovely property up there mm. and, and enjoyed some fantastic times. And I hopefully in my older age, Michael, we're going to enjoy better times up there. So it's part of the journey of football. And, and as I said to you, it's an ugly, unrelenting... Um, it's a tough business. It is tough. It's tough. It? And, yeah. you know, you got to look after yourself. And... Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, or fortunately, I, I try to look after myself and my family. Some people can look at it as mercenary. I looked at it as business. Let's go back to when you were a kid. You uh, were, recruit, were recruited from Swan Hill, but I know there was a story at the time that you should have been playing for the Bulldogs, correct? Yes, yes. Well, to briefly, the history is I was a Moorabbin boy and, and represented the first... Um, Melbourne Little League, which I played with Trevor... Stephen Smith. Stephen yeah. Smith and Trevor Barker. Yeah. And we won the first title in 1966. My dad then was appointed a bank manager in Gippsland, a little place called Rosedale between Terrelgan and Sale. Footscray Territory. Footscray Territory. Yeah. I lived there for about three or four years. Dad then got a shift to Swan Hill, which was Richmond's territory. And in those days, you had to live out of the territory three years. I lived out of there two years. Graham Richmond had, had obviously been following me and my progress and wanted me to go to Richmond. And, of course, I wanted to go to Richmond in those days because they were a powerhouse. It was, we're talking back-to-back mm. -back premiership, 73-74. Um, and Graham suggested we can't get a clearance, I go and play with West Adelaide, hence <laughs> the relationship over in Pirac was the general manager of, of, of West Adelaide Footy Club. So they wanted to park you there for 12 park months. Park me there for yeah. 12 months and then come and study there. I was going to uni at the time, study over there, and then come to Melbourne the following year. So I'd sort of, in principle, agreed to that with Graham mm -hmm. <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> what does that mean, mate? Oh, no, no, just, it was a handshake, <laughs> yeah, Michael. Yeah. Um, and then, all of a sudden, Graham, with his, you know, his ingenuity, um, orchestrated a, 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 a trade, and the trade went like this. Uh, Peter Cloak went from uh, Richmond to North Adelaide, Neil Saxe, and then Laurie Fowler went from Melbourne to Richmond and I went from Footscray to Richmond. So, GR, you, look, wow. as many people can, you know, have a go at Graham. Graham knew the business. Oh, he did? He was very smart and he got deals done. I'll tell you what they thought of you when you started. Uh, you, you took the number four jumper from Royce, correct? Royce Hart? Started with 40 yeah. and, then, and then Royce. And Royce mentored me for a number of years, which was fabulous for my development. And then when Royce went down, I think it was 76 mm. with, a, with his knee, and it was the end of his career, it might have been early 77, he wanted me to wear his number. Yeah, yeah it was which fabulous. you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. With great distinction. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. No. Well, you know, I've always said that to you about... Uh, I'm, I'm saddened that uh, there is the view that Rangey was just out... <laughs> to, fill his, to fill his pockets up, <laughs> to fill I think. His pocket. And had things been different at uh, at Richmond in '82, it would never have happened. Yeah, well, that's right. Unfortunately, you can't turn the clock back. No, Michael. you can't. No, it's been great to catch up, mate. I I, I loved your career. Uh, I've got vivid memories of 1980 and you surging out of the centre with that sort of stoop run <laughs> and that 60 metre kick into Rochi, Mark goal, and the Tigers were one of the great teams I've seen. And you were a large part of it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Jeffrey. Marvel. Thank you very much. Ta. This has been a Fox Footy production. Part of the Fox Sports Network.